through these episodes very very quickly because uh, to my immediate left hand side or for you folks at home the right hand side on your screens I've got a very very good friend person who's my partner in crime when it comes to sim racing commentary glove pup aka Paul Glover welcome along for episode 33 buddy 33 hey I that's know. a good number I know yeah. I know yeah uh, thank you for having me Alex uh, pleasure we've we've had to postpone this a couple of times but we finally uh we finally made it. Letting uh, people behind the curtain briefly, you know. <laughs> yeah, because my schedule's been so far discombobulated by Harry Potter's magic wand. I don't know what's been going on at the minute. I, I, I can't swing the cat around the room quick enough. But that's a good thing for you, though, right? You, you know, somebody who does commentary full time, I think that's uh, it's a good <laughs> problem to have, right? It is a good problem to have, but you wish that you could be like the clones out of the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger to like multiply yourself to have world domination of commentary boosts. Think, think, thank you, lucky stars, for a moment, because I don't think it'll be too long until we've got AI commentators. So, you know. Well, that's actually a topic I want to bring up with you anyway later on right, the show. Okay, go on. But, yep. but we're not going to do that yet because what I like my guests to do, Paul, if you could do us the honour of introducing yourself to the viewers and to the listeners ahead of us getting underway for episode 33, buddy. So the floor's yours. Okay, so my name's Paul Glover. Uh, I, well, I've been around the sim racing scene a, a little while now, and I kind of started doing race department back in the day, about 2018 now. Mm-hmm. So coming on coming on 10 years, and I've all, I work in IT, I've always had a bit of a fascination with technology and racing games as I've grown up, and... Just started dipping my toe there, in doing a bit of broad, well, a bit of commentary first, and then mm-hmm. learned the, you know, did a bit of a set of course of broadcasting and R Factor Two, yeah, and other bits and pieces, and just from there, it's just snowballed a bit, really, kind of organically, without really even even trying it, because it's not like my full time job. I have mm-hmm. a full time job Monday to Friday, working in IT, but it's a bit of a, a passion project and. I've also met some great people over the years, yourself included, you know, um, if it wasn't the fact that like Bram uh, over at race department, I wouldn't know Paul Jeffrey and, and other people. And then the likes of Steve Worrell, uh, Dan Terry, yep. et cetera. And from there, you know, you build friendships, you build trust. And I get asked to do bits and pieces here and there. And I'm also doing, I'm, and that's how I met James Parfit as well, who, has his own, he's, you know, he's branched out doing his own thing now and I do a bit of work for him uh, as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I've also done a podcast before at Race Department, launched that, did that for about three years as well. So, yeah, I've, I've done lots of things. I'm involved in another podcast about football and other bits <laughs> of reasons. So I, I'm all over the place, mate. I, I've got many, many fingers in many, many different pies, but most of the stuff I do is around, is around sim racing because I absolutely love it. You cheeky bastard, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say you got your fingers in too many pies, Mr. Glover. Um, but for those that know the history of, of me and Paul, we we sort of really first met on the uh, Sim Racing Expo Professional Trophy last year in the lead-up to the 
mm. to to Nuremberg, and then we were we were commentating uh, over the final six hours, uh, which was won by Williams Esports. Great battle between them, Triton and UOL. Uh, yeah. And then we've also been working together on a lot of projects uh, such as SGP Rivals uh, with Intel and, of course, quite recently, the fantastic uh, championship that we had, which was the most Racing Endurance Championship powered by Sim Racing GP and the Sim Racing GP podcast powered by Moza Racing. I'm so glad that I made sure I took a deep breath before I said that. Uh, but where myself and Paul, we've done like, I think we did two of the six broadcasts for for the for the race and the podcast without really taking a proper break uh and yes. that just first of all goes to show i think from both our perspectives paul even though that you're in it full time and you're doing this as a passion project but mm-hmm. you are getting recompensed for it in some way which is a good thing um mm. we still are just as passionate and we can we can warble on for hours mate given the oh. opportunity yeah i mean you know, you look, you look at the greats and some of the greats. And a commentator that I I enjoy listening to is Martin Haven when he does Le Mans Twenty Four. And they, you know, when in the early hours they just go on about the you know the the weirdest stuff. And and sometimes it has a kind of a tedious link to what's going on on screen. But sometimes it could just be utter nonsense, and and it could just be entertaining. And sometimes I, mean, we lost, I was with, I was racing with Gareth Ronda last night. Was it last night? No, it wasn't. It was on Tuesday night. It's now Thursday as we record this. And yeah. um, and it got into the conversation like some of the stuff that I say, like they, they, you could you could say they're Murrayisms to some respect, you know. And 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 even when I do these things and I say these things, I even correct myself. Like this one, he he referenced. I corrected myself on air. I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense, you know. And I just. But I'm just myself, and that's I think that's all you can be. And I think we've built a really good relationship just by being ourselves. And mm. I really enjoyed doing the, you know, the on-site thing at Sim Racing Expo was a, was a, was a whole new experience for me because everything that I've done has always been virtual, and then to suddenly be thrusted in front of an actual camera. <laughs> um, and 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 I, and I think you could see how nervous I was, and I was nervous. But I'm all I'm always nervous at everything I do. And I think if you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Because I think that's why you can get a little bit overconfident, a little bit cocky. You know, we're we're doing uh every time I do a broadcast, whether I'm doing the broadcast, whether I'm just doing commentary, I get butterflies. And I think that's only natural. But that particular case, I had a light on me and I thought this is this is different. But but you were there and you kinda like, you know, you said some encouraging words. Um and once we got going it was absolutely fine. And then what was really lovely is I, I even text my family members. And said, oh, by the way, because I don't, I don't really talk about it. I don't really, yeah. mm-hmm. because I don't think they really understand it. Do you know what I mean? Like what you sit in your office doing sim race. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I do. Um, so I text the family WhatsApp group because everybody's got one, right? So yeah. I text it. And then during the, and I muted my phone, obviously, because we were we were live. And, but the, the the feedback I was getting from family members was fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, families can be tough sometimes, right? They could, yep. they could be they could be your hard, hardest critics. But to get that kind of feedback from your sister, from your brothers, you know, I'm the oldest of five, um, so there's quite a gang of us, and and then there's nieces and things like that. And so yeah, it was really good. And I, and, and I was I, and I walked away from that going. 
that was a knackering weekend because I was on the booth as well for simracing.gp. Yeah. Getting people in and out of rigs. Um, met, got to meet Tony Canaan, which was amazing, and spent a nice bit of time talking. Oh, it was really lovely, actually, because everyone was fa- fascinated by Tony. I got to talk to him, and I was fine. I was done. Right? That, was, that was me. Yeah. But I was chatting to his wife. His wife was oh, absolutely Lauren. lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely lady. Lovely. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. Right? And then every time they walked past the booth, she always gave me a wave. Because I made, because I made, I thought, you know, because I think a lot of people must head towards her husband because it's Tony Canan, right? And I get it, right? Because he's the legend that he is. But I was like, just chatting to her because like, she was kind of in the distance. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have, you know, have a chat with his wife. And um, yeah. yeah, she was lovely. And, and, um, I, but I loved that weekend. I thought I was brilliant, Alex. And, um, and obviously you were there this year as well, weren't you? So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's my third year of involvement with the Sim Racing Expo because I've I've talked about this and this is a long story, very, very heavily curtailed that mm. I did Road to Sim Racing Expo 2021. Um, still remember Misha saying to me this year, no hard feelings that we picked Radio Lamar over you guys. And I said, look, I, I haven't got a problem. You know, I didn't know whether I was going to get the call up or what. But then to do 2022 and 2023... Uh, in two different venues. So the Nuremberg Messe, Dortmund, I think, was a, a better fit for the expo, in in all honesty. The stage was a lot more compact, a lot more community-esque, sort of cosy, mm-hmm. but also the commentators okay. were able to look at the big Trinitron screen, which was where the feed was being pumped through. So that was even better than the year before. Um, but yeah, I think it was... Like, everyone made a beeline for Tony. I just, uh, because the week previously, I'd been in Portimao and met Rubens Barrichello, his busy mate. Oh, yeah. And the way that I broke the ice with Tony was, I said, I can't believe this. One week, it's Rubens Barrichello, and another week, it's you. And he went, oh, poor you, like this, and (laughs) cheeky smile on the face. And I said, good to see you, Tony. Good to see you, Lauren. Lovely to have you both with us. And they'd flown all the way from Indianapolis because they were working with Gomez in, in Sim Industries. And then Tony had to fly back, I think, early on the Sunday morning because uh, he had other commitments. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a really, really good weekend. Um, yeah. Just like everyone meeting everybody. Yeah. Um, for anyone that might have seen the highlights video, someone caught Jardier mid-bite on the paddock walk with the cookie in his mouth and that was that man there uh, yes. but i think it was it was sort of like the the culmination of everything coming together uh, i i've still got james parfit asking me if he if, if i can be plumbed into his suitcase every time i go to the expo every year i said mate i'd have i'd have to be sending you an iou for bloody overweight baggage <laughs> and all there'd be would be like this person who's completely out of breath starved of oxygen nearly on his deathbed and you hear this we- hear wheezing from the suitcase but i think it was just like the culmination of everyone coming together and and really really having a a great time and that's one of the things that i love about the sim racing community when it comes to these LAN events that you're not stuck behind a a wall like say a a whatsapp call or a discord server Mm. or a vmix call you're in your ad persona you're there speaking to somebody and when you accidentally interrupt each other it sort of feels more natural than it does on a normal uh, on a call doesn't it it does because there's a, there's always that slight delay, isn't there? You know, technology doing it doing its thing, but 
you going just saying there about the community feel, you know, I got to meet so many people, uh, mm. people from race room, uh, gamer muscle was there, found out he lives literally five minutes away from where, where I live. Um, and, and like Eamon Murphy, by the end of the weekend, it was like me and Eamon Murphy were like the best of buddies. I mean, he, I love a hug. I'll, I'll quite happy. Give a man a man hug. I'm not, yeah. I'm not afraid. And he was more than willing to give one back, you know? So we were hugging most of the time. Every time we saw, we saw everybody and got the opportunity to talk and speak to Jolie, not just on, you know, while he was eating a cookie, but also while he came over to the sim rig. And there was a, you know, a few others as well. And, um, mm-hmm. and a few other, the esports drivers as well, you know, face to face having conversations. And, you know, one of them came over to me. I just want to say, I've really enjoyed your commentary uh, for the, for, for the race yesterday and I was like oh I really appreciate that while I was working on the on the booth so yeah it was lovely and getting to go have meals with people and mm-hmm. and even I'm you know I met people that I haven't heard of before you know out there as well and I, and yeah you know we all we all started following each other on on social media as, as you do and and things like that and sort of hear from them um now and then so yeah I think fantastic and and I think yeah more more things like that need to happen i know some communities do it as well they'll meet up at certain things go go karting and things like that but everybody's mm. got lives right and that's the thing it's that yeah people have got different commitments kids you know whatever work etc and it's and it's hard but loved it loved ev loved every moment and uh, didn't make it this year unfortunately other things came up but yeah i'll um i, I would like to visit again yeah, I mean, at least we know what the dates are for next year anyway, 18th to the 20th of, of October. Um, there's a 95% certainty I'm going to be back anyway in in the booth, which is, you know, I think it was like last year when we had Matt here, myself, you, the awesome Mr. Luke Crane, we had Corby. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like everyone came as they were. But then like this year, they went, oh, there's your hoodie, there's your T-shirts. Yep. And I'm like... Brilliant. I actually feel official. But it was the Ask Me uniform as well. Like, myself and Nico, we were getting collared, like, saying, where's the schedule? Uh, have you not looked on the ADAC Sim Racing Expo pages on socials? Oh, and then you'd have the odd person saying, well, I don't have social media. I don't even have a proper smartphone. And then showed me, and he had, like, a, a an old-school silver Motorola razor that was in pristine nick, which I was wow. like... How is that even working still? That's what I was thinking. I was like thinking, how the how the F is, you know, like yeah. the, there's like a big F in chat incoming and he's got the most pristine, because you could get it in two colours. You could get it in the really, really dark matte black uh, or you could get it in the silver. And he had it in the silver. And I said, can you do me a favour? Yeah. Can you just flip that open? And it played the Motorola like the, you know, oh, the, the, yeah. the old yeah, school yeah. jingle. Um, which was which was cool, and I thought, oh my god, I had one of them back in the day. <coughs> but they I, are they are reincarnated some of the old phones, though. They, they are, like, but they're modern. They're modern, but they look like the. Could it have been one of them, or was it definitely the? One it of was the original? definitely the original. Definitely, because back in the day, you could only text like thirty sec something characters, couldn't you? And then. Oh, it would God. cross over to another to another text. Do you remember that? Do you, do you remember those days? Oh, mate, I still remember the the first ever mobile phone I had at seventeen. It was a birthday present from my mum and dad. Um, that was actually the year where I actually got given uh, my first car because okay. uh, yeah. 
So it was mobile phone, and you might remember this one as well, Paul. The Ericsson GA628, which had the interchangeable colour front panels and the little bit on the the aerial as well that you could change. And it was just one row of characters. One row of characters. Um, and for those wondering how antiquated they were back then, uh, I'm going to put a picture on the screen now because I'm just sort of like laughing, like thinking... And, and I look and I go, it's 2023 and I've got one of these like nearly 30 years later. It's like I've got a personal computer in my hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then that particular year, my dad went, well, there's one further surprise for you. It took me into the garage and there was a 1986 mini Chelsea, bright red and happy birthday, Alex, on the, on the windscreen. Oh, nice. Um, and this is when like, you know, dealerships used to be quite prolific. It used to be a lot more family-run firms rather than the, uh, the chain, the chain, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the branches of of yeah. certain big mm. companies, like say, uh, Inchcape, Marshalls, uh, Vertu. There's so many different manufacturers out there. Vertu Motors actually sponsor. Funnily enough, that um, I think it's accelerates uh, in the British Touring Car Championship. Uh, Vertu Motors actually have a deal with them, and I remember my. it took me another two years before I passed my test, and I didn't pass first time, passed third time. And my dad went for the... Yeah, didn't pass first time. I got two majors. I got a major on... I, I got two major... Mis, uh, fa, uh, yeah, I got two failure marks on my first test. Second test had to be abandoned because halfway through I had a severe migraine. So oh. I was left at the side of the road by the driving instructor by the driving examiner because they were not insured to drive the car back. Uh, then my instructor had to go and get a taxi from the DVLA uh, test centre to come and pick me up and then take me home. And I only had two minor marks against me for third time. And then my dad went, right, okay, you're now insured. Spend the first week going around the local area. And it was the best advice I ever got. Just like wouldn't drive anywhere further than say Colchester Town Centre, and for those wondering how far Paul and I live from each other, I'm probably about an hour and forty five minutes away from where he lives. Because yeah, mm. Gamer Muscle was on the same flight back as me from this year's expo back to Stansted, and then Adam from Simhound and his other half were also on the same flight. So oh yeah, met, met them last year as well. Yeah. Um, really nice couple. Um, you talking about your driving test. I'll always never forget mine because my driving instructor was away. And at the time, it was really hard to get a booking. Yes. So I, 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 my parents had bought me an, an L-Reg. Was that 1995? Yeah. Uh, Ford, Ford Fiesta Blue um, thing, right? Um, thinking back, like you had the, you know, like the, you know, when you change gear, it was like, uh, going from uh, the UK down to New Zealand, it just had so oh, much. Uh, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, I've got a quick. Was that a four-speed gearbox, or was it a five? I. Oh, do you know what? It's that long ago. I'm gonna say it was. Oh, I don't know. What engine was it? Can you remember? It was a, it was a one liter, one point one. That would have sure. been that would have been a good old fashioned 
Four. Four. So reverse was lift up yeah, across the lifted right. up because yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> my car after the mini was an H reg one litre Fiesta bonus in flame red. So it was lift up the gear stick across the lifted up, and then you had a proper what was considered, and that was the quintessential H pattern gearbox. What I mean by an H pattern gearbox is that the four gears are arranged in the letter H. So first, H, second, yeah. third, and fourth. Um, yeah, because the Mini yeah. actually was quite different. It had an H-pattern gearbox, but reverse was lift up across the right and down. And down. Yeah, some of them were across yeah. and down. But, but, yeah. but four. And, and some of them you'd have a lever under the gear yes. knob, wouldn't you, as well? Yeah. yeah. You'd have that little bit so, where you could hook your two yeah. fingers up underneath, put the thumb on yeah. top, and then just go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I did the driving test in my own car. And and passed, but I'll never forget. I was driving down the uh, the road in um, in Sevenoaks, where I was living at the time. That's where I, where I spent most of my youth uh, growing up. But um, and the guy turned around to me. The instructor turned around, or the, the examiner, sorry, turned around to me, and he went. He looked at me. He went, "I've had grannies drive faster than you." And I went, <laughs> "Is that a hint?" Because what it was, it was parked cars. So I was trying to take care because you, yeah. you're supposed to leave a door whips and things mm-hmm. like that, but. Yeah, he felt I wasn't driving. I think I got about six minors, nothing, nothing bad. But yeah, past, past first time, past my theory first time as well. Mm. Um, I actually know that's a lie. I passed it second time. I didn't pass that first time at all. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was um, a long time ago now. Um, God, you're, yeah. making, you're making this sound very, very old. Well, we probably are anyway. But we, well, we, I think we've made ourselves sound old <laughs> when we're talking about text oh, messages oh, mate, and, mate. and old mobile phones, you know? Oh, like, I know, yeah. I know. But that's the thing, folks. This is the beauty of this show. We, It's like two mates having a chat in a pub, only we're yeah. not in a pub. Yeah. We're on a Discord call. No alcoholic, yes. no alcohol is involved yet. Uh, that will probably be post broadcast. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually trying to. I'm on a bit of a health kick, as you oh. know. I like. To, I like to hit the gym and things like that. And um, you know, I lost a lot of weight a few years ago. That was. Well, I started. I felt I discovered the fitness thing about eight years ago. Quit smoking, done all that good stuff, and every so and with Christmas coming up, the festive period. There's lots of drinking and eating involved. So I want to try and enjoy myself without having to worry about getting back into a T-shirt and things like that. So I'm just abstaining. Not that I drink a lot, yeah. but I'm abstaining from some alcohol until about mid-December. And then I've got a work event that I'm going to. It's not going to go crazy, but um, yeah, and I'm just watching what I'm eating at the moment um, yeah. for the next sort of few weeks. And it, it does. It makes It makes a difference. I find myself... You know, a little bit less lethargic because you're eating better things rather than eating chocolate. And as much as I, I love chocolate. Oh, but, yeah. Don't don't know. don't get me started. Whenever I go overseas, I'm I'm like a red rag to a bull. The first thing oh, I so it, yeah, but it's easily done because it's so hard when you're traveling, which like you do a lot. It's it's so hard to eat healthy or or you know not go and buy something that's cheap. Which generally, when it's cheaper. It's not as healthy as it would be because healthy food, unfortunately, is is expensive. And fast food, I mean, fast food has its place. And I, you know, don't get me wrong, I love a Five Guys or a Burger King. Yeah, not so much a McDonald's these days. A Subway's decent, you know. Um, yeah, uh, but, but I, yeah, we're not here, we're not here to talk about fast food. No, though, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I try. I I think the the thing is from, and this is actually a very very good point about what Paul said in episode 26, because he's already been on the show, and that was before 
he headed off to Macau and to Australia. Lucky bugger. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not jealous of him at all, actually. I, I, oh, I'm, me, I'm, me neither. I, me I, neither. I've been, I've been, I, I, I text him something like, I hope you're not enjoying yourself too much. You know, <laughs> like, I, I, I just, because it, because obviously the time difference. So sometimes I wake up and he's like sent all these messages of like pure excitement. And, and, and of which, have you watched the video of him going around the mountain? I haven't because I have been, I, I, I did see him in the race suit and I did see. You need to watch. He makes some really funny noises in. Because it's a lot different, isn't it? Being in control of a car, even on the road, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're in the passenger seat and you're like, why are they not braking? And you're trying to find the brake in front of you. And there's a little bit of that, I think, from Paul. And he's like making all these funny noises because you're being thrown around because the driver's got the steering wheel. So you can mm. use that to kind of keep yourself in position as where, you know, like it's brilliant. Honestly, I, I, need to, I need to go back and clip some of the noises and, and maybe make them into some discord sounds or yes. something. Because yes. Yes. A Jeffrey soundboard yeah. special, a JSS. Would be, <laughs> I think, I think it's required. Yeah. If I've got some time, I think it's definitely something I need to, I need to do. Hopefully he doesn't see this and go remove the video. So I don't get the opportunity to. Don't so, worry. Um, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, your video will probably be out by the time this is out anyway. Cause uh, the, the thing is folks, I've got such a log. I think, um, because at the time of this recording, we're less than 24 hours before Paul's episode goes live uh, right. on yeah. the, no, uh, 48 hours. So okay. it's on the 8th, I think it's on the 18th at 6pm UK it goes out. Um, but yeah. Uh, he's, such a great, he's such a great guy. And actually, I met Paul for the first time at the 2019 Sim Racing Expo when he was at Nürburgring. Mm. So... Ram and some of the guys that he, some of his mates we organized a big trip yeah over um now we stayed about i would say about 45 minutes an hour drive from uh, where the expo was but it was a great trip we had french with us we had spanish we had russians we had any i i became really pally uh, with a guy from portugal um and uh uh, who lives in Porto and mm. you know he's invited me out there and I haven't I've never taken him up on the offer but I'll I will do it at some point I'll yeah. get there I've been I've been to Lisbon in Portugal and it's beautiful but you know going back to what you said about the community earlier on is that was that was an amazing weekend just so many people and I don't mind drive I drove there and back and you know we were sharing music you know have you listened to this band because we had so <coughs> much time yeah. between where we were staying in the track um but the expo's come a long way mm-hmm. since then. Um, but there's still some bits missing for me, I think, from an expo point of view. You know, the like, because the, we had Logitech there last year, but they don't think they were there again this year. No. And Thrustmaster had never been, have they? I don't think no. Thrustmaster ever appeared. Moza weren't there because they'd apparently um, overspent on their marketing budget. Um, and there were a couple of the big hitters, of course, like, say, Simicube. Yeah. Um, uh, amongst others, had not been there. Eau Rouge weren't there. But you yeah. had a lot of the... Uh, I think one of the things that a lot of people were... And, and I mentioned this before in the show, that there were those people that didn't go, that have never been to a sim racing expo mm-hmm. and like to try and set a little bit of a fire underneath the organisation that's running it, which is now Southwest Vision. Mm-hmm. But I think 
the stability of the Sim Racing Expo is now assured for the next four years, up until 2027, which I think is uh, good. a very, very good idea. Of course, yeah, people are still pining for the Nürburgring. It doesn't matter how long, because next year will be a decade or the 10th anniversary of the Sim Racing Expo actually having taken place. Oh, wow. And people yeah. people like saying, why don't you take it to the Nürburgring? Well, first of all, the promenade's not big enough to hold everything. Oh, uh, yeah. And also, logistically, it's a nightmare getting to and from. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing you've got to think about, right, is there's a big, there's a big contingent coming from all over Europe. And and even even last year, you know, it was a, it was a better it was a better like yeah okay it would be nice to have some racing going on outside right I that that was a nice element of it to be honest when I went in 2019, but it doesn't make or break the event no and and but I think for me I sometimes it it's not necessarily organisers' fault but sometimes it could be a little bit too high end so. Because I don't think everybody's going to splash a thousand pounds here or two grand here on equipment, so it does need to try and where it can cater for mid, low to mid to high, which is it's hard to do. And like you say, I was surprised Moser weren't there because they've been doing so much over the last sort of twelve months, especially releasing new products and, of course, doing the Moser Endurance Championship um, yeah. as well. So. But hopefully they'll be there um, next year. Uh, that'd be that'd be weird because I'd like I'd love to. I've never seen a Moser base or a Moser wheel in person, and I am mm. trying. I'm at that point now. I'm thinking, what's next for my personal setup? Yeah. Um, and do I stick with the Fanatec that I've got now? Like I'm in I'm in the ecosystem, not too not too madly, but you know I've got a 2.5 CSW with two rims. I've got the Porsche rim and the, the Formula V2. And then I've got the V3 pedals as well. So yeah. I think my next upgrade is going to be the pedals. I upgraded the rig recently. So I got a new rig um, from Next Level Racing, which I absolutely adore. Um, and that's been a nice upgrade. So um, I think pedals pedals next for me. So, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I'm trying to get back. I mean, I was talking about you recently, wasn't I? I'm trying to get... And also I mentioned it on the Mose Endurance. I'm trying to get back into racing a bit more at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, I am bad. I mean, I, when I when I say when I say bad, I mean I was in I mean I'm racing um, at AOR at the moment on Tuesday nights, and I'm in tier seven out of seven, which tells you how bad I am. But I was I was on pace, mm -hmm. and I was P, I was P seven, so it's competitive. I was enjoying myself, and then I go and spank it, I go and lose it into the wall, boom! I you know my pit stop was going to be like a minute, so I went in, repaired the car, and then. Um, it started raining, and I and I had more pace <laughs> than the guys ahead of me, and I was back, yeah, up into P7, and I spanked it again, and that was the end of my, that was basically the end of my race. I had to go back to the pits because the car couldn't drive. Stuck in the pits for three minutes, stuck it out, finished P24, but I was genuinely emotionally wrecked afterwards. I was like, yeah. I was distraught. I was distraught, um, and I think that's that's something I'm trying to work on, is mm. trying to keep my cool and not. Because if I lose my call, then how can I, how can I focus? But I'm definitely a better broadcaster slash commentator than I am racer. But being a racer also gives me that bit of knowledge and things when I'm, you know, I can bring that into, into my commentary, which I find I think is useful. And I understand the game as well. You know, sorry, sim. I understand the sim 
You know, so I might get some daggers for calling it a game. Uh, but hey, a lot of people outside of the genre call it a freaking game, so don't worry. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna be thrown under the bus by me for, for for saying that. But yeah, I completely understand that by knowing about the the nuances of the Sims like R Factor Two, ACC, iRacing, AMS Two. Yeah. There's so much that we as commentators can provide an insight to if we've driven the Sims. I mean, I've driven ACC, I've driven off RF2, I've driven mm. iRacing, I've driven AMS2. Funny enough, that was, uh, I think it was Stock Car Pro Series, and it was in Eduardo Barrichello's Toyota Corolla from this year at Goenia at the Oval. Uh, well, no, I first did the, the the main like circuit, proper road circuit layout, and then did the Oval. Oval, I spanked it at least three times into the wall, which wasn't great. But the, the main circuit was like really, really cool. And then I, I tagged Rubens, Dudu. Uh, I tagged, who else? Um, Felipe Fraga, who's also a very, very keen sim racer. I actually uh, met him at the CrowdStrike 24 hours when he was running with the Riley crew in the number four Merc that unfortunately got involved in one of the incidents just before Charles Witz and Neil Verhagen came together uh, just off of the off of the Kemmel Strait heading into Lecom and it was like 13 hours to go and at 240 kph uh, Charles Witz gets a smack from behind and is pinballed from right to left down the Kemmel Strait and it brings out a full course yellow for an hour and 15 minutes whilst they have to repair the barriers on on both sides but yeah that is is i think in in some respects by us as commentators having that understanding of the nuances of how the simulator works is also part and parcel of the preparation that we have i mean mm. yeah i i don't have a sim rig at home and I, 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 i'm i'm completely honest and upfront about that if i get the chance to go on a sim great i mean if you might remember from 20 22 when i was being pulled from pillar to post by the broadcast the the main yeah. broadcasting team not the guys who we knew anyway ricardo from the adac and then we had the legends that are mike yow and steve proudly for yeah. all you know and, and steve proudly nearly killed me on a uh on a, he thought he was funny on an e-scooter i'll tell you that story oh god uh, yeah well we'll get to that we, we can yeah, talk yeah. talk about that we in can, a minute we're definitely we're definitely i'm calling him out on this podcast yeah i'm sure he won't mind steve's a good good uh good oh, he's, salt. A great, he's, he's a great guy yeah, salt, salt yeah. of the earth that bloke yeah um yeah. But you remember, like, literally, we got to Sunday night, and I just wanted to do one thing, which was go the fuck to bed. Uh, because at that point, we had a very, very different broadcast setup to what we had for the Sim Racing Expo this year, which actually didn't have the specific language barrier that we had in, in 2021. Mm. We had a very different broadcast crew then. This year was a lot more streamlined, where we where it was all structured in the right way. The stage didn't have the significant overload of presence. Um, and by that, I mean the amount of panels, uh, Steve and Dan being pulled uh, royally under the bus by not uh, not the people that were behind the scenes because I was going to help, help, help to host that press conference. Yes, yeah. And it was like, 
they got given it, didn't they? they well, got, no, like, no. They, 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 well, yeah, like literally. Last nine, moment, they were. They was Steve was hosting it, wasn't he? Last moment. Like, yeah. Well, it was like ninety to ninety seconds to two minutes to go, and him and Dan are like literally thrown into the lion's den. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like saying, I oh, should. I, about and I that. said to Danny, and Danny and Arnold were like saying, "Yeah, you should be up there as well because you know exactly what's going on." And I'm like thinking, why the f did this just happen? Yeah. And. The the funny thing was, I was asked to critique things behind the scenes, and I remember giving the giving uh, the relevant people concerned, who I won't name, uh, not the broadcast people, but the people organising it, and I said I gave them a three page A4 document on what I felt could improve, and there was a massive, massive improvement between what was going on between everybody for this year big big difference but as i said i was being pulled from pillar to post so i was doing vts i was doing walking around hall nine yes this year was completely different in the fact that when i wasn't in the booth with nico there was actually time to talk to people um but saturday i thought yeah well we got a bit of time between race one and race two for the professional trophy did I get on anything this year? No. Hell no. I di- And the, the, the thing was, it was just like the amount of people, they were queuing up from like half nine in the morning to enter into the hall if they hadn't already got their tickets. They were like, it was eight to ten rows wide. And Marco, who's the CEO of Southwest Vision, he went, Alex, come, come and have a look at this. And I looked and I... I my jaw dropped and inside my head went F and L look at that. And then one of the guys from Azatec came along and went, we need more people. I turned around to him and I went, Oh, you think, <laughs> you know, uh, but like the footfall on Saturday was really, really good because where Dortmund is based, um, you know, you're not that far away from say Dusseldorf Dortmund airport is 20 minutes away. Uh, if that, depending on traffic. Dusseldorf is about an hour by train. So the Ruhrgebiet, you know, within a three-hour span uh, in Nordrhein-Westfalen covers a span of 22 million people. And it's really, really good in terms of the location. It's very uh, industrially-centric, that that city. And it's a nice place. I mean, like, literally, uh, on the Saturday night, myself, Nadi, Ollie, Danny, uh, Mats... uh, uh, Ancha, we all went out for schnitzel and we ended up with the same same restaurant as Gamer Muscle, Cameron Daz, Swellio Armida and everybody else and we were just like having an absolute blast um, I can't really I can remember some of the conversation but the uh, and Alex as well the other Alex as well um, yeah. we were just having an absolute laugh and then Matsu got onto the story of uh kiwis and a, two kiwis in a sock and then someone went i'm never going to look at kiwis the same way at breakfast ever again um you can tell that the tone went really really down uh but it, it always does but yeah. but, but it was yeah. like sunday night we'd we'd had a an absolutely awesome time um and we just really really enjoyed it it was really really good um luke as all luke crane as always he's a he's a great guy and he he just basically he said on uh, so he always does that. He did that, did it last year as well. He said, I, I can't believe 
how you've got how you how you've put the trust in me to host it. But the thing was, Luke is uh, is a natural, charismatic individual, and he comes across really, really well as a host. And him and Matsy are, uh, you know, like really, really good buddies. And and I got talking with Luke over. I think we we were due to go out for the party, and Luke and I and Matsy, well, Luke and I, we, we were like having a beer in a hotel room and just chilling out and just sort of talking and and, and catching up, which is always a a good thing. Well, I've got to now start. Our, well, you know what? Before we get onto the routine line of questioning, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Proudly, e-scooter. Tell us the story. Spill the beans. Go for it. So we, I think it was on the Sunday night. We went out for some. So quite a few of us, influencers, just me, Steve, a few others, Dan Terry, uh, Lawrence. Um, the yeah, Salisbury, well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and the guys from Simhow and his and his his missus. I'm terrible at memory names, so apologies, everybody. Uh, yeah, we went. We ended up going out from Mexican, but we when we we got there, I think I think we got there by tram because the tram got us there. And then they were like, but then Steve and Dan had gone back to the hotel first, then made their way, and they were like, God, yeah, we got e-scooters, and we're like, right, let's get the app, right, let's go back on e-scooters. Yeah, this was like a great idea. <laughs> so anyway, so then, but the problem was there were different apps, there were different types of scooters. And it was busy as well, because I think England were playing that night, and I was watching it on my iPhone in the restaurant. Um, Anti-social git, you. I know, it is. But yeah, it wasn't just me. Everybody, you know, people wanted to watch it. And I, you know, back then, back then we were still part of the EU, so you could get your data. Anyway, that's another story. So, um... So with, with that happened, and then we got so I then finally like, took me what felt like forever to find, um, and it was cold, wasn't it, December? So it took me forever to find a scooter anyway. So on this scooter anyway, so we then traipsing back, and we are flying, right? We are going somewhere. And on the way back, we found we were on the road, and we were get, trying to try not to get killed as well, which is important, health and safety first. And then as we got closer and closer to the hotel, you got the nice wide paths, and we're just yeah, you know, full throttle. Steve and I got on both different different types of scooters, and we're like, "What's this light flashing for?" And we're like, "Don't know. You know, is it because it complaining? We're going too fast. What is it?" Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we go outside the hotel, and we're like, "Right, Johnny goes, no, you can't leave these here." And we're like, well, "Hold on, but they can leave those there, and they're different types of scooters." So then, what happened was, is then Steve and I, and then other Steve. And Mike Yow jumped on our scooters and tried to find a location where we could leave ours. They discovered there was an area on the map, and it was like if it was red, you couldn't leave them there. Right, right. to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so found this location <laughs> down like this little track. Left the scooters, and then Steve, I got on with Steve on his scooter. The man's the man's mad. <laughs> I, like he's absolutely, and he kept like doing stupid things and like. You know, I'm holding around this man's waist, right? We'd only met for the first time that weekend. It's a bit... So, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm feeling the man up. And, <laughs> and you know, we, you know we, we've, spoke, we've spoken before. Like, not a problem. Like, we, we've, had, we've had got a rapport. And the first time I met him was in the, was in the Weatherspoons at Stanton Airport before the, before the flight out. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, so we go tearing around the corner into the thing. And he basically just leaves it to the last moment to stop and to freak me out as if we're going to crash into the side of the building. Oh, no. He, he thought it was hilarious. I thought I was going to die. Um, and, and, needed, and, needed, and, and possibly have it, beer. And probably have yeah. a code brown and a clean up on R3 at the same time whilst uh, I, croaking. 
all, 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 all of the, all of the above. Yeah. So uh, we we still joke about it. Still about. It. I think I think he finds himself funny. Uh, one day, Mister Prowley, when you least expect it, I will I will get you back somehow. I'm not sure how yet, but but I will. Your your cards are marked, sir. Yes, Steve. But- yeah. Calm as Watch a bitch. Calm as a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, I, I'm really liking the the changing format of you know we've now been talking for nearly 45 minutes on this show. Yes, yeah, which is yeah. quite a long old time, but it hasn't beaten Phil Kinch's record, uh, which is an hour and 48 minutes, including outro and intro. So we're going to be north of an hour on this one. But you know what, folks. This is why I do this show. It ain't about analytics. It's not about subscriber counts. It's not about the amount of plays it gets on audio or video. You get to understand the people who I know in this industry and people who I may not know in this industry as well. Mm-hmm. But we now go to the routine line of questioning. And there's, okay. only, there's only a handful of them, but they're, okay. they're ones that I think are, are quite pertinent, really. Mm-hmm. Well, we're... I mean, you've you've just been talking about funny moments. Um, So what I'm now going to do, by the magic of social media, is go to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he doesn't... Paul doesn't know what what I've been looking at. Um, Oh, blimey. Okay. Is it on my Twitter account, by any chance? um, Yes. So cast your mind back to the 31st of August this year, Mr. Glover. Right. Owner's busy scrounging around for our next appointment. And I'm going to put the picture on there. There's cans of 7-Up. There's cans of Coke. There's bottles of Oasis. There's packets of crisps all over the shop on the smallest glass table I've ever seen in my life. What the hell is that all about? That's football related. So... I'm I'm a Cholton Athletic fan uh, for my for my sins. Those of you who don't follow football, back in the heyday, we were in the we were in the English Premier League, fighting with the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea and whatnot. We've we've taken a bit of a tumble since those days. We're now languishing in in League One, and we had some owners, which at, it's a long story, but they basically. They time. were taking money. They were taking money out of the club um, right. in no uncertain terms, and they promised so much. And the fans welcomed with with open eyes. So basically, we'd had an owner called Roland de Chatelet, who's a Belgian, uh, was trying to do like a pyramid scheme with his club, so he'd own clubs in different nations. Yeah. And the idea was that he could transfer the players within within that within that scheme to save money. Right. I, I completely got where he was working, but but. What he came in and did was he he took he overrode the decisions of the manager, which is never going to go down well with your with your fans, especially a club like Charlton Athletic. So he eventually sold due to protests that were going on, prolonged protests from from the fans of the club. In comes in these new owners with uh, a guy that's um, supposed to be a sheik, sheik, um, and you know having all this money, and he had this guy that was fronting it who came in, but it turns out that he was buying his mates Range Rovers and things like that. And before that all came out, he tweeted that picture on um, saying, oh, we're busy here working all transfer dealings. But it was just a charade. It wasn't actually happening. So we've got new owners came in 
mm-hmm. since then. And I was basically just mocking them a little bit, saying, oh, yeah, they're <laughs> going to tweet out. They're going to tweet out this picture saying, oh, yeah, we're busy, you know, trying to bring in players. And to their credit, actually, they did in, they did in the end. They brought in a couple of loan signings, which turned out to be rather decent for us this season. But, yeah, that's what that, that's what that tweet was all about. So Yeah, it's just like sometimes it's either a picture or someone puts like a, a GIF or something that just straight away screams like that looks like there's a funny story behind it and they actually ended up being more interesting than f- with a little bit of hilarity thrown in for good measure courtesy of him um yeah, yeah. yeah i mean if, for those of you who are you know like, uh, are are interested in the, the what's been going on there's a um uh there's a website called uh, the Charlton Athletic Dossier and it will kind of give you all the all the history about mm-hmm. the ownership and and what happened. So it's the Chol- uh, the dossier, uh, dot com. If if you're interested, I'll if link so. that in the description down below. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or if you're yeah. listening on one of our various yeah. audio partners as well through either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, it will be in the description on that as well. Um, Paul, mm-hmm. being a fellow petrol head, mm-hmm. have you? ever been starstruck meeting either a racing driver or a personality within either sim racing or motorsport? Uh, have I ever been starstruck? Um, yeah. Uh, Eddie Irvine. Oh, okay. At Goodwood Festival Speed. Yeah. He was in, uh, he was in the tent and I uh, got the opportunity to, 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 speak to him and also uh so jackie stewart oh legend absolute yeah. legend yeah yeah and i should have and i had the opportunity to and i didn't take it i was i was at the goodwood revival that same year i'd never been before and i went and um i spotted out the corner of my eye sitting at uh set steps um the one and only sir murray walker and i should have gone up and spoken to him oh man and and i don't know why i didn't i mean i wasn't doing commentary or anything back in those days but he was he's just a legend of you know of motorsport and you know we lost him a few years ago now but yeah um i one of, one of my regrets one of my um one of my regrets was never kind of going up and i don't ne- i don't necessarily get starstruck in the sense that you know like some people are like oh oh my god oh my god it's you i just treat them like they're like anybody i i you know, like I've all, I'm pretty much like that. Whether you're the, you know, the office, uh, you know, I'm one of the people that always says good morning to the cleaners. How are you? You know, a bit of small chat. Yeah. I'm the same if you're, I'm the same if you're the CEO or whatever. I don't care if you're a celebrity or whatever you are. I will just, but you know, to meet Eddie Irvine briefly and, and you know, have a brief chat. And Sir Jackie Stewart was an absolute gent. Um, and I also got, I forget his name, so apologies. The the Lord that owns the grounds as well. I had Lord a March. I got it. Yeah, I got, I got, because I had the program for the day, so I managed to get him to sign it and and things like that, and gave that to my gave that to my dad. My dad on the way out got to meet Jamiroquai, so we were because when you're when you're there, if you have ever been to Goodwood, mm-hmm. you'll know the cut. It's just layers and layers of cars in the car in oh, the field God, yeah. outside, right? And as we're leaving, Jamiroquai is there. And, and and my dad's fame to claim to fame is Jamiroquai told him to fuck off. So brilliant. And I got it on video as well. So hey, yeah, brilliant. 
Well, yeah, funny, yeah. funny enough, their frontman J.K. was actually at the same public school, Homewood House, in just outside of Colchester, and he was two years above me. Right. Okay. So, uh, which was quite weird, to be honest with you. And one of my friends went, "Do you realise that J.K. went to Homewood House?" I went, "Really." You yanking my crank? Are you pulling my freaking leg here? I mean, come on. You know, it's... it's. Um, well, I had another moment with JK because I was walking through Covent Garden and stepped out in front of his Bentley. Oh, no. <laughs> Did he tell you to F off then as well? No, he, he? no I, I, I honestly can't remember. I would have had headphones on and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, it was my fault, not his. So if he had hit me, it would have been full, full of blame me. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. So, you know, and I used to, you know, every day I used to do five days up in London back in the day. So I, you used to see the odd celebrity and things like that. And it, it's kind of just part of the, part of the territory of working up, working up town. Yeah. Um, what inspires you as a, a, a broadcaster and commentator when it comes to, to sim racing? What, what do you take as forms of inspiration, Paul? Uh... I just enjoy the events and I like to, I love talking. I think that's partly the thing is, you know, you get me talking and I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my parents, my mum always said to me, Paul, you've got verbal diarrhea. Um, so, <laughs> oh, same you know, growing, here. <laughs> growing up, I think part of it's part of it's that, but because it's something that I'm passionate about in not only racing myself, but also mm-hmm. portraying what we see on screen and, and giving an opinion, which may differ to somebody else. And also, I'm not one of these people that sits on the fence a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, that might rub certain people up the, the wrong way. But, um, you know, I've seen clips of, you know, other commentators like Paul Jeffrey, you know, and, and, and other esports oh. drivers kind of putting, thing, putting things out there. I've never had that happen to me quite yet. But uh, I, yeah. I also think I'm quite I'm quite fair. Yeah. So you know, and I and I like to, and I'm passionate about and I and I genuinely mm. I genuinely enjoy it. And and even when we do the commentary, Alex, I think it's pretty much like it is now. You know, we kind of work off each other very very well. I think we complement each other. Yeah. Your pronunciations are far better than mine. I mean, that is the one thing that lets me down is my pronunciations. But then mm. I'm not full time, right? And and it, and it is hard to sometimes prep. You know, I do do prep, but I, it it is hard because I know how much work that you put you put into it. Um, and it's not it's not necessarily something I want to do full time. Mm. I quite I enjoy having my career because the thing is is that a lot of the I'm sure you find this and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the work you do is weekends and. I'm working Monday to Friday. I know that James Parfit would love me to do more work for him. But the thing is, I said to him, I don't want to overcommit and then start letting you down. Mm-hmm. And because that's the thing, like I, I want people to trust me. If I'm saying I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. I don't want to get to this point where I'm like, oh, do you know what? I really don't fancy it this weekend or, you know, like, and I, I do my utmost to avoid overcommitting where I end up with this because I've got a life. I got to see friends, I got to see family, etc. But yeah, it's the going back to your question. I love it, and I love everything coming together. So it's not just one particular thing. Yeah, but it's the whole thing for me. 
getting to work with some amazing people and people appreciating and you get some great feedback right and it's lovely and the interaction is lovely as well where you know you'll say something and people might somebody might correct you on something or get or perhaps give you a bit of inside knowledge and things like that because even when i step away from the microphone sometimes i'll message you little tidbits and things that i'm spotting because i've always got i mean i've got four screens here one wide screen two three. i've got live timing up on this thing i've got i'm i'm digging around i'm trying to spot things because when you're commentating or, or the director's looking at a battle, I might be looking further down the field and bringing our attention to something else. So I want to add value yeah. to the broadcast and draw the attention. And you'll do the same thing when I'm talking. You'll be looking around and finding and finding relevant bits of information to then lead on from when I start talking to interject and go, I've just spotted this with the pit stops or, you know, or such and such. And... You know, uh, it, I just, even when I'm talking about it, you can just tell that mm -hmm. I'm, I just enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's so hard to nail down one thing for me. I think it's also the fact that if you sit on the fence and you're on a broadcast with James Parfit, he'll say, don't do that. You get splinters up your bum. <laughs> um, and and yeah. again, that's like a characteristic of commentators. We all have our, our sort of like subtle differences in the fact yes. of how we, how we look at it, how we explain to mm. the you people out there, because a lot of the stuff that where we're going into really, really technical terms, the first thing is like we'll have a discussion, like say me and Paul will have a discussion about like say camber, toe in, toe out, or whatever, Strategy, and, whatever it may and be, then yeah. we, and then we explain it for the folks at home because they some of them might be new to sim racing. They go, "What the f is camber? What is this? What is that?" So we have to do the, as I like to call it, the layman's terminology, or basically it's the introduction for those that are not quite there with it yet, as in they don't understand. They probably haven't got the greatest IQ in the world, but if you explain it to them like that, one of my friends said, and it was the perfect way, he said, he, I said to him, do you understand that? No, speak to me like I'm a six-year-old. Yeah. By doing that, you're going to get a lot more people that might not know about it. And then they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember what Alex uh, Alex Goldschmidt was saying on the broadcast. It explained about camber, explained about toe in, toe out, uh, and explained about all these different things and really made it easy for me to understand. And the thing is about us as commentators, we're there to inform, to educate, and to entertain that is the three mm -hmm. main things. But also, we like to tell a good yarn or two as well whilst uh, we're on a six-hour yeah. broadcast. Um, yeah. I think... Um, well, I prefer being the colour rather than the main commentator. I mean, I can do the main the main yeah. piece, but I do feel more comfortable being the Martin Brundle kind of, you know, interjecting, yeah. talking about action from time to time, but also just trying to, trying to piece the story together um, and looking at what's going on with the pit stops, how long they've been, et cetera, et cetera. Um, talking about penalties, stewards' decisions. And th and that's the other thing is, right, it's not, we're just, the we can just be the voices or it's sometimes the faces of a broadcast, but then you've got the, the broadcast, the person who's controlling the broadcaster uh, behind. But you've also then got people that are organising the event, making sure the drivers understand, please join in a certain order, otherwise you're going to break things. Um, and everything yeah. else that goes on behind it. And then you've got people that do the live stewing in as well. So doing race control um, and all those kind of good things. So, you know, we're just, we're just the voices that people hear, but there are also others 
behind the scenes that do a, a great amount of work and um and will also mock you if you if you say something stupid which I which is absolutely fine like I love it it's all part of the it's all part of the bants as people say yeah it's all um, about the bants it really yeah, really is yeah. <laughs> um Paul off the top of your head right now can mm. you tell me top three moments in motorsport that you've watched that have involved other commentators in the broadcast. So top oh, three. First one for me, Murray Walker, Damien Hill winning the world championship. I've got to, I've got to stop right now because I've got a lump in my throat. Suzuka 1996. That's yeah. a, that's a firm favorite with a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The second, not such a great moment is uh, always sticks in my memory. The day, the day, the day that Ayrton Senna died. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was always you know um, uh, uh, you know a sad a sad day and one will I will always remember um, and I was very fortunate enough when I when I worked for a firm years ago a guy, a guy that I still hear from now and then Matt he had tickets to a premiere for the Senna movie and the doctor that treated him and the director and things there was like a whole oh Doctor Sid like Watkins the, and yeah, all that lot yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sid Watkins yeah all there and you know, his mechanics and things, you know, like it was kind of a, a seminal moment for me. And again, you know, something I'll always, always remember. And then number three, um, and it's because I put a bet on it uh, that I remember this, um, was Jensen Button winning the world championship. So <laughs> I remember, I, I remember sitting on the train, reading the Evening Standard, reading about how Braun were two seconds a lot quicker than everyone else going, that is just unbelievable. And I put 20 quid down. It wasn't a lot. Mm. I didn't have a lot of money. I wished, I mean, hindsight, I should have put a hell of a lot more money on it. But it was squeaky bum time as the season went on because everyone else was catching up with their, with their double diffusers. Yeah. Um, but that's on topic, actually, because this week, um, you know, I know this podcast isn't coming out this week, but the Braun documentary is now. With Keanu Reeves released. holding. Yeah. With Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, so I've watched, yeah, I've watched episode one. It's worth watching if you haven't. If you're on the fence. It's good. It's, it, it reminds me, somebody, I'll take somebody in a Discord post, and they're right, it's got to be a bit of a BBC feel to it. Um, yeah. You know, with the archive footage and things like that. Like, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, cool. they're, the, they're the, I mean, they're all Formula One related because that's always kind of what I, what I watched um, growing up. And, yeah. you know, and these days, you know, I watch a bit of touring cars from time to time. Um, you know, I'm into my football, so football takes up a lot of the lot of my sport time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're the, they're the three moments um, for me. Okay, Paul. Final question. Mm-hmm. Now this is where I always flip the script on my guests because they have to give an answer, and then I will respond of my in, with my own answer in relation mm-hmm. to what they have provided on this question. So, Paul Glover, your final question on episode 33 of Commentators Corner is as follows. If you had no lim- uh, an unlimited budget, no glass ceiling, unlike the cost cap in Formula One, that's a regular gag now here on the show, mm-hmm. you could have the pick of either a road or a race car to choose. You can actually pick more than one. Daniel Gilligan earlier on picked eight, and they were all McLarens, um, but we won't go that far. Um, so you could have a choice of a road or a race car or maybe two or three at max and you can pick a circuit that you would like to drive that car or those cars around and i can see you're deep in thought already because this one always 
gets my guests thinking. So, Paul, in your own time. Oh. Oh. I, I've, I've always loved the Ferrari 355 for some reason. I don't know why. That would be my road car of choice. Just a little, something not overpowered, but something nimble. I like a nimble car, right? I mean, a lot of okay. people would probably go F40, maybe F50 of that kind of era a little bit, you know. But the 355 for me, even the moderner, the back, the moderner back in the day even tickled my fancy a little what, bit. What, you mean like the, the, the F430 moderner? Yeah, so, so, yeah. Okay, right, okay. Well, let's let's look at it that we'll, we'll decide on the those two cars but yeah. i have but i have a very very specific question uh-huh um for both cars so on the on the 355 mm-hmm. would it be the berlinetta the coupe or would it be the spider is in the cabrio what would it be out of wouldn't be it wouldn't be a cabrio i'm not a fan i'm not a fan of cabrios i never have been never will okay and then the f430 you've either got the choice of the moderna or would it be the challenge stradale the stripped out neon race going version no 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 i i think it'll be the moderna for me i'm not okay. i i like i like my mod cons i i i like yeah, and, and I get why some people like the stripped out. Like, my cousin owns one of the stripped out Clios, like, where it's got the plastic windshield. Oh, God, yes. Position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into that. That's not, that's, not, that's not me. But, you know, I get that there's a, there's a, there, some people do go for that kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think track. Um, actually... Why did I race the? I do like Cota. I did quite enjoy racing on that the other day. Um, lots of runoff, just in case you get it wrong. True. Um, True. Paul, Paul Ricard is a funny one because a lot of people don't like it, but I quite like Paul Ricard. I don't think it's great just a driving around, but I think racing it's great because you've got different lines that go around it, uh, you know, for different different sections of the track. I've always had a fondness towards Brands Hatch because that was always been my local track. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the biggest, of course, and you can't go the fastest on it, but it's a, I think it's a great little track. Silverstone. Where would I go, man? Not Monza. Imit R. Portimao. Oh, that's a good one. I love the undulation mm-hmm. in Portimao. I mean, I've been around the Nordschleife. Not in, I wasn't driving, but that actually made me a little bit sick. I was quite surprised how stomach-churning the Nordschleife is when I went around in a taxi. That was a good trip. That, that was Expo 2019. <laughs> um, got yeah. it on video, but my microphone didn't work. So it's really oh. nice. It's a, it's a silent video. Um, you need to go noir on that, so it's a bit of Charlie Chaplin-esque. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what I need to do, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... Portimao. Okay. Because you can have decent weather. It's Portugal because the British weather is not so great most of the time. And um, yeah, I'm going to go Portimao. I think that could be quite interesting. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, in response, uh-huh. I would pick one of the two cars, which would be the F430, but it would not be the Moderna. It would be the Challenge Stradale. Yeah. Well, you can't have a Cavallino Rampanti apart from anywhere else in Italy unless it's Monza or Imola. Imola. 
and it's Imola. That's my choice. But, you know, with Valiant. It's, it's, it's a great track. Imola's yeah. a great track. Aquaminolare, I mean, just... Variante Alta, Piratella, the double left-hander, and that really, yeah. really weird long start-finish straight, which isn't really in a straight line. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and that's where um, George Russell and... Valtteri um, Bottas came Valtteri together. Valtteri Bottas come together. Yeah, came together. At yeah. about 340 kilometers an hour. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame that, the, you know, the area before, well, when Formula One was in town earlier this year, you know, they had that heavy rain, didn't they? It's yes. Mm. Absolute, absolute chaos to the area. So hopefully they've recovered uh, well enough from that. And uh, mm. we get to race there again. Um, next year because it is it is a wonderful a wonderful track. It's actually a really good choice, Alex. I'll give you that. So likewise, mate. Likewise. But Paul, thank you very much for being on episode number thirty three of Commentators Corner. It's been a pleasure to have you alongside me again, buddy. Thank you very much for the invite. Thank you everybody for listening. Hope you've enjoyed my ramblings. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to follow me on the socials, it's at Glovepup G L O V E E P U P. No one, if everybody cares, the reason, I'm, the reason it's Glove Pup is because uh, growing up, that's what my friends nicknamed me because Glover, and then I've always been the short one in the group. So, pup. Uh, yeah, so the pup of the group. Yeah, okay. Now I understand the nickname. Now you understand. And I just, I just can't change the handle. It's handle and everything. So, Instagram, Twitter, everything. It's just, yeah, Discord, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's, every, it's everywhere. So, it'll follow me until, until the day that I die. Might be on your tombstone as well. Here lies Glove Pup in inverted commas with Paul Glover underneath it. Well, folks, thank you very much for tuning in to episode 33. Still got some great guests lined up here on the show. So thank you for watching on the YouTube channel. Thank you very much to everyone listening on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station. Stay tuned for episode 34. Until next time. If in doubt, flat out, and I'll see you very soon. Goodbye.